It is a tremendous joy for me and my wife uh, to be worshiping with you this morning. And I thank my dear brother, uh, Charlie uh, Screen, for the privilege of bringing you God's word today. Orthodox Anglicans all over the world, uh, not least in the global south, give thanks to God for the steadfast life and witness of all souls Langham uh, that is rooted in the word of God. I myself and several uh, Christian leaders in my cohort and earlier cohorts have been formed by the writing and ministry of John Stott. So we bring you that debt of gratitude. We're also very encouraged that you have spared no effort to help Christianity explore, to be an instrument that can be used uh, throughout the world. So uh, we thank God for you. I bring you greetings from Archbishop Justin Buddy, the chairman of Global South Fellowship of Anglican Churches, and all his fellow primates. Brothers and sisters, we are knit together globally, contending for the truth, and proclaiming the gospel once for all delivered. It is uh, the gospel revealed in the whole corpus of Holy Scripture, both reading both Old and New Testaments. It's this gospel that brings life, that saves, that transforms, and uh, ushers us into fullness of life in a broken and warring world. My topic today is a different kind of fire. Part of life is encountering people who are unhelpful and bad-tempered towards you, people who reject you in what you believe to be good and right, people who are hostile in their words and actions, including those who are passive-aggressive, a common response is to pay them back on the same terms. And if they really get you riled, you and myself, we are tempted to call down God's judgment on them. But what we must ask is this, does following Jesus, what does it mean to follow Jesus when we encounter rejection from others? That's the question, and the passage primarily is Luke 9, 51 to 56, the fire that destroys. It helps if you have your scriptures open, because then you can glance at God's word, even as you hear it preached. The fire that destroys. And the passage begins that the time had come, the days had drawn near for Jesus to be taken up. This phrase, to be taken up, is uh, used of Elijah when he is whisked up to heaven through the whirlwind and fiery chariot. So uh, we are invited, and I believe it's intended by the Holy Spirit, we are invited to see Jesus against the backdrop of the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. Jesus, 
here is greater than Elijah. Jesus is resolute about going to Jerusalem to accomplish his mission. He and his disciples are headed towards Jerusalem, but they are refused hospitality by a Samaritan village. Not surprising because of the bitter feud over the centuries between Jews and Samaritans. And since Samaritans reject Jerusalem, this village will not put up pilgrims to that city. The rejection angers James and John. And they ask the Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them, destroy them? James and John seem to be replaying the authority that Elijah had. Elijah had authority to call down fire and he used that authority to call down fire on the contingent of soldiers that the king of Israel had sent to summon him and to stop his ministry, 2 Kings 1. So James and John are calling down the fire of God's judgment to destroy the persons acting against them and against what they believe to be God's cause. Uh, How do you handle rejection and the hurtful treatment of others? Are you, like me, uh, prone to retaliate? Are you going to nurse the grievance and call down God's judgment on the person who spurns you or opposes you? You know, friends, this can happen, well, it can happen in the public square, but it can also happen in the closest of family relationships. Uh, Conflict situations have a destructive quality about them. So James and John are thinking of calling down fire to destroy. Jesus shows us another way. He won't allow the rejection to kindle bitter anger in him. He accepts the rejection of the moment and walks away to find another village. And he rebukes James and John because this is not how his disciples are to handle rejection, to call down the fire of judgment, destruction. This calling down of God's judgment on those who oppose us and our way is not the way of the cross. It is not in keeping with the spirit with which Jesus himself is moving towards Jerusalem. He's moving towards Jerusalem to embrace the rejection and suffering because that's how he's going to save us. His way is not to destroy the opponent, but to win over the opponent, if not immediately, perhaps at a future time. To fully understand our Lord's response, we need to look at another passage of Scripture, namely Acts chapter 8. And there we find the fire that renews. So we move from the fire that destroys 
to the fire that renews. In Acts 8, the Samaritans who had rejected the earthly Jesus are ready to accept the Jesus proclaimed by Philip as the promised Messiah and Lord of all. So we read in verse 12, when they believed Philip as he preached good news, and this against the backdrop of the power of the name of Jesus to set people free from demonic oppression, when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, uh, they were baptized, both men and women. This happy news of the gospel spreading to another people group, the Samaritans, reaches the apostles in Jerusalem, who sent Peter and John to the city of Samaria. So John is back there, maybe not the same village, but he's back in the vicinity in Samaria. And when he and Peter lay hands on the newly baptized Samaritans, they receive the fire of the Holy Spirit. This is the different fire that Jesus longs to bring today. It is the fire that renews us in our relationship with God. And it's that same fire that causes brotherly affection among one another. Not the fire of God's judgment that destroys, but the fire of God's love that renews people to be reconciled with God and to be reconciled with one another. The bitter feud between Jews and Samaritans ends. It's a lovely picture, my friends. The Jewish apostles and Samaritan new believers, newly baptized believers, for centuries in bitter conflict and with the feud boiling up from time to time, now one as they worship the Lord. This is what this fire does. And this is the fire that Jesus wants us, his disciples, to call down on conflict situations we face. John, the Apostle John, who had been in Samaritan territory these two times, he needed to learn to walk away from hostility, not in his anger to call down the fire of judgment. Because God in his mercy can bring about what may be called a truth awakening. And if you've been in a situation of conflict and oftentimes uh, silence like a cancer grows and the very sight of the person evokes anger within you and you think it'll never pass, what we learn is God is at work. And as we pray for this fire of God's love, there can be a truth awakening. There can be a real humbling of oneself, a real seeking of forgiveness. And this is in the realm 
of what God wants to do in his world. So John has learned to walk away from hostility because God in his mercy can bring about a truth awakening and create the conditions just like in Acts 8 for him to call down the fire of God's love, the fire that renews. As a pastor, I've had my share of people who reject me and oppose my plans for the church. And I've learned, I must say with great difficulty, to pray. Not for the fire of judgment, but for the fire of God's transforming love. And I've learned to leave judgment to God. You know that we are always right in our own eyes, don't you? And to leave it to God and to say, Lord, what we want is your fire that can bring us to the truth and bring us back to loving each other. So in my experience, those who opposed me, some left and some became good friends. Jesus' fire of renewing love is far greater than the fire of destruction. As Cardinal Ratzinger has put it, it is little power to be able to annihilate. That is very easily done. Real power is to be able to build up, to give life, to open hearts, to transform. This is Jesus' fire, his judgment of new life. End of quote. So you know that you can uh, demean a person, you can make life difficult for a person by holding back and remaining in anger towards someone. Or you can pick up the phone and you can be an instrument of this fire that seeks to build up to open people's hearts to one another. This is what the fire of God's renewing love does. Now, my friends, it's not easy to call down the fire of God's renewing love on those who reject us. In order to do so, you and I will need to experience ourselves deeply the flame of God's love in our hearts. In other words, we ourselves need the renewing fire. We need that fire before we can extend it, the fire of God's love. So thirdly, as we reflect on these passages, we are to remember that the renewing fire is from the cross. The renewing fire is from the cross. To call down a different kind of fire. You and I will need to keep our inner eye gazing upon the cross of Christ. And here I want just briefly to compare the way in which our Lord ascended glory and the way Elijah was taken up to heaven. Elijah was taken up to glory in a fiery chariot carried up in a whirlwind with all the burning power of the heavenly realm. Jesus' chariot is the cross. 
he is mounted on the cross for your sins and mine. The stations of his cross are Gethsemane, Caiaphas, Pilate, and Golgotha. That's his love, beloved. The anguish of soul that he went through and the horrendous treatment that he received from the worst that a rebellious race can hurl at a righteous person. He absorbed it all. That was his chariot. And Jesus' chariot does not carry him alone. That's the good news. His cross flings open the door of heaven. By his death, he breaks the power of death. This is the power of his saving love. Because of his death and resurrection, death is no longer a wall. But death is a bridge. And that's why it's so wonderful also that you keep evangelism and mission at the forefront of your life as God's people. Because this is the good news that people need. No fear in life and no no, no guilt in life, no fear in death. That's what they need. It's wonderful that all over the world, those of us who believe this good news, and this good news has boundary markers. Jesus redeems us and Jesus recreates us after God's own order. That's why this uh, whole topic of marriage and sexuality is a first order matter. And we who cherish the truth, we are the ones God has entrusted to share the truth. So his chariot, Jesus' chariot, is the cross, which demonstrates his forgiving, liberating, transforming love for us. And that chariot was created, unlike Elijah, was created for us all, so that all who believe in him will go to the place in the eternal realm that he has gone to prepare for us. The love of God on the cross is made real by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to the mind and captures our heart. And he's my savior. And there is none like him. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. This is a work of the Spirit. And we are ushered into that intimate, permanent relationship with the living God. And that is why, as we think about Elijah... What Elijah needed was not displays of God's power. They have their place. But in that hour when he was all alone and broken, perhaps without hope, he needed to hear the still, small voice of God. And those who belong to Christ, that's our inheritance. The Holy Spirit enabling us to hear the Savior each day. His love transforms us to become those who don't call down the fire of destruction on our enemies, but the fire 
of God's renewing love. God's love for you on the cross is what enables you to call down a different kind of fire on those who reject you or oppose you. Let me apply this to the current situation in the Church of England. People of all souls, you, together with Orthodox Anglicans throughout this country, are going through a very difficult time because of the direction of journey set by the majority in the House of Bishops and assented to by the slim majority in the rest of the Synod. So we must be prepared for the sake of the gospel that saves. We must be prepared to weather the rejection and the suffering that comes our way because of our commitment to the authority and clarity of God's word. So the time has come for clear and courageous differentiation. We do it for love of God and his truth, which he has entrusted to us. We hold fast the truth because that's how people come to new life. And we hold fast to it by differentiating from those who believe a different gospel. We hold fast to the God who has spoken through the scriptures and entrusted the truth to us by his grace. We pray for those who differ from us, sometimes aggressively, but we leave judgment to God. It's a message echoed in other parts of scripture. God will judge. The day will come. God has his purpose. So we leave judgment to God, but we pray for the fire of renewal throughout both your two provinces. So our passage in Luke, 4 today, Luke 9 today, our passage is saying that to follow Jesus is to be resolute about being willing to suffer for faithfulness to God's mission. Jesus resolutely set his face like flint towards Jerusalem to lay down his life and that this truth will bring hope for a ruined humanity. And the way to do that is that we need because of our faithfulness to God's word, to differentiate from those who have departed from the faith, but to do so without us-them hostility. So the scriptures just put together by the Holy Spirit for us. In this passage is saying, yes, stand up, contend for the faith, but don't drift into and don't adopt and us them hostility. Continue to pray for the renewing fire of God's love. We can do this not in ourselves, but through the power of the cross. When that power is made real to us and is sustained in us by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray.
Having heard the word of God, hear his voice as he speaks to us. He is there and he is not silent. And he comes to us in our assembly this Sunday morning to set us free. To show us the way to live our lives in the midst of rejection, hostility. As I pray, uh, you might find that if the prayer conveys what's on your heart, I want to invite you to open your palms before you. It's just a wonderful way. An acted prayer, Lord, I need this. And Lord, I receive it. Lord, I'm praying for your love to be rekindled in each one of us. This personal, deep love of Jesus, Lord, would you kindle it in each one of us? Because we need the reservoir of your love if we are to call down a different kind of fire. And Lord, I ask now for strength to forgive those who have rejected us. We are asking, Lord, for the strength to forgive the person, persons who have wronged us, perhaps not once, but repeatedly. But thank you, Lord, to pray for the fire of your love to make a way for us to be reconciled. And then, Lord, we ask you, take away the fear of rejection and perhaps our shrinking from suffering. Take away that fear, Lord, that we might follow you all the way and glorify you with the manner and commitment of our lives. This we ask in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. <laughs>